You're listening, listening to, to Bible, Bible Plus. Bible Plus from Seesaw. Bible Plus is a podcast featuring short, daily discussions of every chapter in the New Testament. Bible Plus is designed to increase Bible reading, understanding, and enjoyment. Get more out of the Bible. Hey, Bible Plus listeners. Today we're in the Gospel of John, chapter 2. And as you heard from John, chapter 1, this book is special, you know, even from the rest of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because here, um, John writes to really show us a new perspective of who God is. God is our Savior. Um, I mean, in Matthew, he was written as the king, right, with all the kingdom and all the decrees and the kingdom constitution. And Luke, he is, he is our man-Savior, ones that... You know, accounts in that book is not recorded in any other chapters or any other books where we really see the Lord and his humanity um, taking care of so many people and miracles and really see the humanity of Jesus in a very uh, full way. And Mark is God is our servant. Um, he's our savior that comes to save us and give his life as a ransom for many. And but, so with John, we see something of God as our savior, as as one who wants to bring us life, right? Life meets every need in the book of John. And, you know, we have these next nine cases, the next few chapters here in John, where we really see this, where God really wants to meet the need, wherever, where the Samaritan woman, or the Nicodemus, or rather is Lazarus. It's it's God, it's, it's Christ being our life, in order to save us and to bring us more into his eternal purpose. And um, chapter two is no different. Actually, chapter two, we see this principle that's set and that is carried out the rest of the book of John. And that is life's principle, right? Life's principle is to change death into life. Every case, every record, every encounter someone has with Jesus is actually according to this principle. God is changing death into life. And here in John chapter two, it, we see this in the changing of water into wine, a story that is actually not in any other gospel to really point us to this principle um, that the Lord has a way to turn a death situation, a death element into life, um, bringing God's life into it. And so here in John chapter two, we see the Lord is at this wedding and he is at this wedding and if you know, you know, humanly, a wedding, a marriage actually is the most joyful event in human life. And that's actually what it signifies here, right? Um, it, it, it is the enjoyment and pleasure of the human life, right? Nothing is more joyful than the occasion of a wedding. And then verse three in chapter two makes it clear. The wine, which was kind of the center of the enjoyment of this wedding feast, it ran out. The wine ran out. This really signifies the enjoyment of human life will be terminated when human life runs out. When the wine when the wine runs out, the pleasure of the marriage feast is gone. Right? Now, this signifies not only that the enjoyment of life is over, but that human life is finished. Regardless of how much pleasure we can enjoy, when your human life is ended, all your human enjoyment is also gone. You no, know, rather we had the best wife, best husband, best parents, children, job, your life comes to an end, it runs out, right? There's always 
the end of the song, the end of the movie, the end of their top enjoyment. And that's actually really what human life is. is, is. Um, and that's what happened the day in of Galilee here. And I've always had the question, say, do you believe the Lord did not know when he went to this wedding in Canaan of Galilee that their wire would run out? Yes, surely he knew ahead of time. For that was the reason he went to that wedding. The wine did not run out by accident to the Lord. He foreknew that it would run out and be exhausted. And he went there to establish this principle of life, changing that water into wine, changing um, death into life, something temporary in human life into something of eternal divine life. You know, water actually has two significances in symbolic meanings in the scriptures, right? It, it can stand for life, like in John 14, um, you know, the water that it can live out and, and come out from, from us into others. But also, um, it can signify death, right? From Genesis 1, and even matter of the water of baptism signifies death. So even, so really here, we see that the Lord is changing this water, this death into life, wine, right? Something that comes from grapes, a living source. And, you know, this is actually really is significant for, right? The precedent of the rest of this book where, you know, the, when Lord changes our water into wine, that means the wine and our wedding feast will never end. Since we have been regenerated with God's life, right? Saved, born again um, with this spiritual enjoyment, this this spiritual enjoyment will last forever, right? We have now an eternal marriage feast, which will never end. This feast is not in our original life, our human life, but it is the new life which we receive through our regeneration, right? That's in the next chapter. And even as the ruler of the feast discovered that the new wine is better than the former wine in verses 9 and 10, we also, as we experience more Christ growing in the Lord, we find out the life that we receive through regeneration, through being saved, is much better than our natural life. Our former life, symbolized by the poor wine, was greatly inferior. But the Lord did not give us the best first, but the best last. The first life, the human the created one is an inferior life. The best life is the second life, the divine and everlasting one. This life is the best because it is the life of God himself in Christ, right? The whole book is about life, um, God becoming life to us, right? So our pleasure in this life will last forever and ever, an everlasting enjoyment. Um, and like I've said before, um, this principle, death into life, is actually under the principle of first mention, right? The first mention of anything in the scripture sets forth the principle of that particular matter. Therefore, this first sign, if we say miracle in John 2, is sets forth the principle of all the following signs, that is to change death into life. The Lord's changing water into wine establishes the principle of life, changing death into life. And so, since the first sign could you see this principle. The other signs, right? Even with Nicodemus, um, a teacher of the law, we see that the Lord still wants to bring him into life. A Samaritan woman, a sinful woman, he wants to bring her into life, right? And and so this is the case by case, the rest of this book. But now I want to touch on, again, the this chapter to see a precedent set. And that's just life's principle, but also life's purpose, 
right? Life's principle is to change death into life, but life's purpose, what life is aiming for, the goal of it. Why are we bringing brought into life is for God's building, to build the house of God. So if you drop down to verses 12 to 22 in this chapter, we see that God mentions the, John mentions the temple, the cleansing of the temple, right? In the temple, um, we got to go through other verses to really open that up, but it's, it's a, it signifies the house of God, the building of God, right? Christ is life, but the church, God's building is his purpose. And that's why we need to be brought into life and be people of life in order to build the house of God, to build the church. And the Lord, I would say famously, you know, he, he, he makes a whips of cords and he wants to drive others out of his temple because that is the father's house he mentions here and later in John 14, where we really see God is really after a cleansed temple, a, a place and a, a space where he is everything. And we are the temple of God, God's people. And sometimes we're not filled with God. We're filled with other things. So even here, the Lord wants to cast us and drive out every other thing that's not him, right? Um, that's what his temple is. It's a place where he is fully expressed, fully represented. And this cleansing of the temple just, just helps us see how much this is on God's heart. His house, um, you know, that we get to from being in life, being people of life. Nor for God to have his full expression as his temple and his dwelling place. So let's continue to open case by case to see this principle and this purpose of life, changing death into life and really building and um, becoming the temple of God, house of God, the church. My real prayer is all of us would reach this point in verse 17, where the disciples remembered that it was written, the zeal of your house shall devour me. Right. All of us will have what the Lord had within him, this zeal for the house of God. The zeal devoured him, ate him up and consumed him. He was absolutely for the father's house, for God's building. And the father's house was his heart's desire. We saw that the corrupted situation within the temple, people were, you know, money changers and selling and, and all these things. And he could not tolerate it. He cleansed it even with a whip. He was driven by zeal for the father's house to drive out all the defilement of it. His heart was so pure for the father. And that should be our view, right? To to view God's house, God's temple and life's purpose in this way, that this zeal that was in the Lord will be our zeal, our um, our consuming fire for the father's house. So with that, let's dive into this book and let's enjoy life's principle and life's purpose in the book of John.